Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast for the love of cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 330B. Thank you, sir. Is the second episode for the week. We'll now discuss our thoughts on the state of streaming in 2023. With you for that discussion, Grayson Maxwell, Roger Stillian, and Christopher Bond. For the episode discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, including the whole box office breakdown, what streaming, and trailer talk, check out episode 330A posted on Tuesday, 516. Well, gentlemen, let's talk about... I know a show we've been talking about for a while now is the state of streaming in 2023. And I am I do want to make this an annual thing around this time so we can uh, tackle it every year. It's been a little, you know, topsy-turvy the last few years because of COVID, something that kind of thrown into the mix that wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. So nice. Excuse me. And I sneezed at the same time. <laughs> well timed. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. So let's talk about streaming in 2023. And of course, it couldn't have... One of the things I always think is it, it's got to be <laughs> there's more strings in the universe being pulled than I always think because the like can you think of a worse hundred year celebration for a company other than movie theaters than COVID? <laughs> like seriously, like, they start in nineteen nineteen twenty was the like that was the start of movie theaters. And then twenty twenty anyway, yeah. Well, for AMC, and then twenty twenty is like, come on, there's there's got to be some kind of coincidence there. But mm-hmm. what a, what a terrible hundred year uh, celebration to have COVID almost be shut down and almost lose lose everything you have entirely. But and with that, of course, streaming gained. I mean, streaming was gaining a foothold, but it just that really helped streaming come about, and it didn't. I'm surprised that studios. The theaters actually hung on the way that they did. I, there was a time when I was like, "No, nah, there's no way they're going to survive this. They're done." But uh, I, um, I'm glad they, they survived it because I am, uh, I'm as you guys know, and I'm is no strength, no secret on this show. I will die on that hill of everything should be released theatrically. Um, every, everything. Um, but this goes back to. I mean, there's a ton more stuff being shot these days. There's so many more movies out there. Of course, Netflix. Uh, we have some statistics. Chris has some statistics for some streaming services. They have a ton of money coming in, a ton of revenue, and you know, making movies is an easy way to keep that revenue stream coming. So, without mm-hmm. further ado, uh, you guys know my position on it. So let me let me just take two minutes and what are, what's your guys' position on streaming versus theatrical? Your official position as of May twenty twenty three. Let me. I'll go since he's munching a meat stick, the mm-hmm. Tijuana Mama, the big boy, the Tijuana Mama, the full three, size one, three hundred percent hotter. Is it? I don't know then what. It just says 300% hotter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Um, so, like, look, I, I've been an advocate for streaming for a while here. Um, I won't backtrack. Now, listen, I'm not going to say that movie theaters are dead or that I want them to die because I don't. Um, however, I think having streaming as an op- as viable option for more people actually helps the movie business um, in certain ways. Now, listen... Stuff is expensive, right? And I'm not talking just to make a movie or to advertise a movie and stuff like that. And the thing with how money trickles down is, look, look, if I could go to a movie theater every time I wanted and it cost me $5, that would be incredible, right? But that's not the way that it costs. So for a lot of families, like, no, look, we're I'm a heavy movie guy. I mean, you guys both too, both are as well. You know, I have the AMC Movie Pass or the movie um, or AMC Premiere um, for me and my wife. It's twenty bucks a month right now. 
you know, I get three movies a week for a whole month, right? And the thing with it is, if I go to one movie, and I just did this last week because conveniently I was at the other theater here, which is a good theater. I used to work at that movie theater for my ticket alone for a 3D um, evening showing. It costs me sixteen twenty-five for the movie ticket. Okay, I want you to think about what I just said. Nineteen ninety-nine for up to twelve to fifteen movies a month, or sixteen ninety-nine to see Guardians of the Galaxy three in three D. Yeah. Okay. Now look, I happily paid it. It was a choice that I made, but that's why I think. When streaming is a viable option for a lot of people, because look, I have a little bit of disposable income. I'm happy to be able to do that. If I had a family of five trying to take them to that, I mean, legitimately, that's $84 yeah. just for the fucking tickets. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not trying to say, listen, oh, I know movie popcorn's expensive, dude. I get it. I work there. I understand that. But if I can sit in my house in front of a big giant television with a big giant surround sound system and a bag full of microwave popcorn, I'm totally okay with doing that sometimes. And I have a complete understanding of why other people would be okay to do that. And we can't look at the, the movie theater numbers as, hey, movies are expensive. They have to go theatrically to make money. That's not true. Okay. We know for a fact that is not accurate because Netflix does that every day. Okay. And listen, they're not the greatest example for quality of films that they put out sometimes, but they are consistent and they legitimately do not care if movie theaters fail. And they are as much of this market of the movie world that we live in now as any other piece. So, Chris, what you got? So, uh, I'm in a cop-out kind of way. I'm kind of right down the middle, right? So, like, sure. I didn't watch a lot of movies until I started doing the show with you guys, right? Like, you know, yep. I, I would see the things that interested me and only those. And even such, I would be okay with missing them until they, I could buy them or rent them. You sure. know what I mean? But Nothing like, wrong with doing that. Yeah. But like, so like the whole idea of now, like we have, you know, like, like streaming versus the movie theater, like, like in that discussion in that vein, like I don't want either of them to go away. I don't, I, I, I think there's a place for both. I think there is a place for the big blockbuster, that brings everyone. I believe some movies are made. Most movies are made in that happen in theaters for the movie theater experience. I believe the commercials and the actors and the directors when they say, you know, this movie was meant to be seen on the big screen in the theater. I get that, but the reality of the situation is, is that we have movies that are being made that the people making it know it's never going to be in a theater. They know it's just going onto a streaming platform that they're getting paid from. So it doesn't have to be made with that in mind for a movie to be good or be successful. It just depends on what impact and how you want your movie to impact the audience that you're going to show it to. It's like any other form of art or media that you're that you're going to create. So my stance on you know like like the movie theater versus the streaming side of things is I don't want either of them to fail. I know that eventually one of them will have to win out over the other as time goes on because that's just the way things go. I don't think either of them will go away completely fully. I think it will become a different experience down the road is what I think will happen. One of these two things. And I think it's going to be movie theaters that become a different experience. But until that happens, I'm happy to watch most of the things that, 
you know, that we watch and talk on the show in the theater because it is a good experience and I, and I, I enjoy it at this point. But I'm completely happy with turning Dune on at late at night on my 4K television with my soundbar and just hearing and just watching that movie in that way and just falling asleep to like just all the different things that are happening on screen. So you're okay with watching it the second time at home? Yeah, 100%. But did you prefer to watch the first time in the movie theater? Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, listen, I think that's a very fair take for a lot of people mm-hmm. because, you know, there's a reason they come out for streaming releases. Mm-hmm. So yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it's like I said, like, like, like down the road, like, like this might be a whole different experience, right? 10 years from now, the movie theater may not be the same, but like, you know, you, there's still going to be a place that people can go to, to pay money to then see something on an amazing piece of machinery that isn't in your own home. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I get you it. You know, it, it, like it's, it's always going to evolve. It'll do what it has to, to stay relevant, you mm-hmm. know, and stay active for as long as they can. But streaming is absolutely accessible. And, like Grayson alluded to at the beginning of this, COVID helped springboard that in a way, in a way that it wasn't going to accelerate as fast as it did. I think no matter what, we get to this point eventually. Sure, but it just accelerated the process. Yeah, I think COVID just accelerated the process. Like, so like the numbers I have for Disney alone, you know, will prove that. Well, we'll get to that in just one second. I want to ask you guys one question, and we get into some real particulars. Grayson, you still with us? Yeah. So, do you think COVID accelerated the rise of streaming or the death of the movie theater? I think because the theaters bounced back, it just accelerated the rise of streaming. Okay. If it, if it accelerated you? the death of theaters, then they they wouldn't have come back. Okay. What about, about, what about you? Fair. You think so? Same thing, Chris. I think that. I think the same thing. I think I think that COVID accelerated the downfall of what uh, of what the theater, about about the the need for movie theaters. I think sure. that's the way to look at it because it is change a perspective. Yeah, no. it's like you know the need for them to have you know, the access, the access to movies, because when, when things came out immediately to streaming, instead of them having to come out in the theater first, then waiting for the video release or the streaming release. Now there's, now there's simultaneous releases, Mm -hmm. which I think is a big deal. It's not the worst thing in the world to come out of this, right? Yeah. I think that that's more what it is. Okay. So I, I don't think it accelerated the death of the movie theater either. And I think it was overblown. It definitely put more credence into that. Streaming is, a real player here. Mm-hmm. And the one the good thing that came out of COVID, good thing from the streaming, from the movie theater side, is it it had people realize that, hey, we have to look at streaming as at least a viable option for stuff, right? And one thing that it cut down on is the time in between a movie's theatrical release and a streaming release. Because that stuff used to range wildly from like, days to weeks to years yeah, i remember waiting like like a year for me to come out on video once yeah like 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 my kid brain not understanding why i couldn't why i couldn't buy this thing yet so i could watch it at home yeah absolutely and now it's just like hey they, a bunch yeah. of movies just came out and then like a month later yeah. basically one once it once it's theatrical run it's over and it's not making the money anymore. not even over now it's just when it's on its decline yeah yeah <laughs> yep one thing i do one thing i i've always kind of been keen on is it it's a tough even when i was you know 16 17 working at carmike and they kept you know every you know four, four or five months they'd raise the price like a quarter or 50 cents i'm like this is not a you don't want to keep doing that i mean look at okay look at blockbuster mm-hmm. i mean look netflix can't ate, nef, they're nef, done yeah, well netflix, <laughs> netflix ate blockbuster's lunch like it doesn't well they they did, they did the, the same thing as blockbuster and blockbuster. they come in and be like hey 
we're gonna fuck you up. And Blockbuster's <laughs> like, ha, 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 never. And now Netflix is like lording over the entire like movie industry. Well, think so. about think about when Netflix started. And and I have here on this, I'm looking at the conception. You know, you can't get DVDs anymore, right? That ended. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hold on a sec. So, the launch of Netflix was 97. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't. It must have been in infancy stages. But I remember the whole. The whole the, the the whole three ninety nine locked in for life. I do remember the whole TV blitz for that in like the mid two thousands or like the very early mid two thousand. I do remember seeing that commercial a dozen times and not really understanding what that was or even looking into it because I didn't want you know it seemed like a scam or something. But um, I didn't. That's the thing is I remember Fix Blockbuster and like deal. fucking Blockbuster made every wrong decision that they could. They the price. I mean. Look for for for. I mean, to rent a movie was like seven bucks, and like late fees stacked up like crazy. If you couldn't make it, like it's just every wrong decision they made, they couldn't make Blockbuster made. And it's just they could have survived a little while longer. I don't think they would be alive well, today, but they could have at least elongated their company. I don't. I don't want to champion Blockbuster because obviously it failed. But the, like the last two years of Blockbuster was probably the best time to be. Here to be somebody that rented from Blockbuster because that's when Netflix was putting real heat on them. Yeah. And like they opened up their membership levels like very differently. Like you could have like they had a Blockbuster pass, which is now similar to what we consider the old Netflix. It's like, hey, anytime you came in, didn't matter. If you brought your movie back, they give you another one. Yep. And it was a monthly fee instead. It was you paid like fifteen ninety nine or something for a month and it was unlimited. You yep. could just keep them rolling. If it was a day, a week, didn't matter. You just every day. Shit. You could take them home in the morning, watch them, take them back in the afternoon and get another one. They didn't care. I did that my and, last semester. No, it was it But was, yeah, you could do it that. Was, it was twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, it started. What was it like like a dollar a day? Sure, okay. Yeah, but like I mean, during my, my my last semester of college, I I just had to knock out a few classes. Like I was, and I had two of them. I was doing like, I could do like three runs in a day to Blockbuster, and that was when I was really watching a shitload of movies. So, and I did a ton of them. So that's what I did. But I it was not cheap, and I knew like and even when I saw the price, like oh, it starts at twenty nine ninety. Oh no, I take that back. It was nineteen ninety nine for one. 29 for two and i did the two just so i can knock out tons of movies yeah, but yeah. I, m- I remember thinking to myself this is way too goddamn like you're starting way too high this is not yeah. okay like if you're gonna survive you got to take this down because that's the blockbuster like the the netflix model with the monthly subscription just come in and rent whatever you want that should have been the blockbuster model from the get-go like in the whenever blockbuster became a thing in the whenever in in, in the late 70s 80s whenever whenever it started that should have been the model from the get-go well, yeah, but it's easy to say that. But at the same time, when 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 you want to be able to have planned like planned product to give to people and have a planned service to give to people, you can't just like, like that's something that a company with physical media does as it flounders and tries to survive. That isn't the business model that you want to have. You don't want to have all these things out there, you know, and have an unpredictability to like your rentals and things like that. You want to be able to have a controlled stock. Those are all things that are important, important business wise. Well, there's always a chance that shit doesn't come back in the door. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like, like, there's a lot of reasons beyond just, you know, making the wrong decisions on like how that model should look to begin with. You know, there's business things in the way of that too. And, you know, in risk and all these other things that you make. And until you're, you know, your existence is threatened by an outside company or force. That's only when you start to, those risks become less and less of the factor that makes you say no and say yes to more things you wouldn't. 
I think I mean, is what is another thing that happens there. That's fair. And hindsight is what it is. Hindsight's always twenty twenty for a reason True. because you know what happened. But I mean, it's like I mean, it's just it's it's like an occupation of a, any kind of war through human history is like if you don't if you don't stamp out if you don't kill everyone as soon as you you've as soon as you take the land they're gonna occupations never survive. That's the thing is like you. That's gonna, why in total war you always exterminate the population. I know we talked about you, Oppenheimer, but damn. Well, I'm just saying like you, <laughs> that's also how you get the most money. But okay, um, imagine being a board member on Netflix or sorry on Blockbuster in. And okay, if Netflix started 29th of August 1997 in September of 97, but okay, well, this company started and we didn't, they're now, they went from one subscriber to 20 subscribers in a month. We have to match this or we're, they're going to kill us. Well, so Chris, you got some numbers right there in front of you. What are you, what are you looking at there? You're looking uh, at a chart. So, uh, so I, I've got, a, I've got a few things here, but it's isolated to, to like, the things that I was, you know, that I was looking up to bring to the show today, but I have, I have Disney's numbers, I have ESPN Plus's numbers, and I have Hulu's numbers. Sure, for like subscribers, I also have, interestingly enough, like a uh, an average, um, average daily user report, um, that's been averaged out too. So, and I also have like revenues, but like, like for example, what do you got like in in the sh- in the streaming internet atmosphere? You know, what do you guys think the highest um, daily user count is like, like what company do you think has the highest daily users out of the things that like we're talking about today I figure considered, considered streaming gotta be Netflix right it has it's, to be it's Netflix it's not Netflix is third YouTube yeah. is the first one it's considered in the same space oh well it, I didn't it, consider it, I didn't consider well, YouTube though they they sell movie rentals and they have the same as that ad program as a lot of these as, as all these options with ads is why they consider them within the same sphere so while so they have the same exact thing that people want is they want your they want your internet streamed attention right okay so YouTube's first TikTok is second in the United States Netflix is third okay and it's it's by a large margin YouTube is 167 million act, daily active users Jeez, I believe sir. that Net, well Netflix here's the 75, thing 75 million just let me let, let me compliment your statistic by I have on on this statistic I have from Netflix it says now I don't know how they I don't know what yeah sampling they're using but like just like rotten tomatoes it's you know great take this with a grain of salt but take it as it is it is a recorded statistic of netflix is preferred by 47 percent of americans over the other streaming platforms now i don't know it i don't think they're considering youtube a stream or tiktok i think they mean no i i believe that and i i probably so like i didn't i hadn't considered them but you know especially with youtube now i mean listen we kind of do have to look at YouTube from differently because they do have their own live television they service do, now. That's another reason why it's considered. So that that makes more sense to me. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, now, Grayson, what you just said about forty seven percent, you know, prefer Netflix. Is I get it. You know, the one thing. Listen, we we've joked a lot about Netflix's quality of their content. Right? Yeah, yep. It's it's not great. Ninety percent of it is absolutely rubbish. Yeah. But it's easy to find. True. <laughs> it's real easy to get to. Well, like in further on this list, you know, for like Netflix is seventy five million active users per day. That's one fourth of the American population, right? Mm-hmm. So that's active daily users. So you could have almost half the nation preferring Netflix. Sure, but like easily. But like you know, things like Apple TV, fifteen million. Mm-hmm. That's almost not. They're the lowest, by the way. Sure. So and Hulu's thirty five, Twitch is thirty five million, and then Disney's forty five million. Disney Plus. Prime is right there at 60 million. So Netflix is ahead of its direct competition, you would say, but it's getting blown out of the water by two other entities that 
they can't even touch with like the kind of content they put out. I also wonder if they even care about that. Well, I, don't I, don't think, do. I don't think I, they I don't, do. I don't think they do. And that's unfair because like YouTube isn't I understand YouTube is I, I hadn't considered them because like it's not a straight movie thing, but No, but you can get movies from them. No, no, and, and, and if you remember, I just had to subscribe to them to watch the Oscar. Like I subscribed for one yeah. night. Oh, oh that's yeah, right. I, I forgot that, about yeah. that. Well, and, 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 I canceled the next I canceled that 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 same night because you mm-hmm. you guys said it was canceled. Now you'll forget about it. And I know yep. you had to forget about it. So I canceled it. That that wasn't too bad. It was like fifteen ninety nine. Well, here's the thing though, and, and here's and this is from you know, like you know, like the average movie watcher guy. Like nine when I turn on YouTube so much compared to any other thing in my house. You know what I mean? Like, like my kids are watching Bluey or whatever else they're watching at any time. That's one thing. But like me personally, I don't come home and sit down and turn on a TV show. I don't come and sit down and turn on a movie on Netflix. I come home, I sit down and I, you know, do what I got to do at home. I turn on a YouTube video mm-hmm. is what I watch. So it, it has my attention sure. way more than any of the streaming platforms do technically. And until I'm ready to watch something with my family or settle in. But like, if I'm just doing stuff, I've got a video running here and there. I'm doing some things. I'm listening to it, you know, with my headphones on, whatever. So it absolutely has that streaming like quality, a part of it. You know what I mean? Turn something on and just listen. Yep. And I mean, I use YouTube on my daily basis for something to learn something to like show me how to fix stuff or take something apart. I do that all the time. Um, But when it comes to like watching a movie, what are your preferred platforms for it? What would you prefer to do? Grayson, you can answer this too, if you want, but so I, I like if I had to, if I had to choose one of these streaming services to keep, right? Like if, if price was no, no, I, I didn't say to keep. I didn't okay. say you don't. You don't have to play Eliminator. Yeah. But if a movie was on all four or okay. all every one of them, which Wait, one would you prefer to watch? Which it on? one am I turning on? Yep. Honestly, I th- think I'm turning on Hulu. Okay. Hulu has the best control interface, in my opinion. Okay. Whereas, like you know, where like. Amazon's is crap. It's completely shit. Amazon's is not very yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> their navigation is is bottom tier. So um, subtitles are easy to find. Mm-hmm. Previous episodes, previous movies are easy to find. Okay. That's, that's big for me because a lot of times that's clunky in mm-hmm. some of these things. And Netflix is only behind Hulu because Netflix, I have a I have problem with some of its crashing issues, which it does have with in my experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Hulu, honestly, it's just it feels like a clean player. What about you, Grayson? It depends on what I'm. If I'm just sitting down to eat dinner and I, and I know that I just want to watch something while I eat dinner, and then I'm gonna hop on a video game, or I'm just I, I'm gonna be doing stuff on my computer, so I want background noise. Net, net, Netflix, 100 percent of the time, because it's easy to find garbage on Netflix that I can just put on and just glance up every 20 seconds. Okay. Just you know, but like if I'm gonna watch, if I want to sit down and like I'm looking for something that's gonna make me think, it's it, it's gonna it's gonna be HBO Max or Hulu. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but he's saying like like just the player, like yeah. like, like like if they if they all had the same content, pretend like they're all the same entity, all of the same stuff. Oh well, then which which would, program are you turning on? It would be Apple TV or Netflix. Okay, okay, so I'm actually with Grayson. I think I would prefer Apple TV okay. because I think their player and their interface. Um, now, mind you, I use it off my cable box most of the time, okay. right? But it is very clean. It is very easy. And Christ, I can use the voice search to pull stuff up. (laughs) And and I mean, that that makes it easy for me to do that. Um, Now, there are there is one feature of probably the worst player was Amazon that I absolutely adore. They have the X-ray feature. Do you guys know what that is? No, I've seen it, though. 
So with the X-ray feature, and it's free if you have Prime Video, because you know, if you guys ever pause your movie, oh yeah, no, and it right. brings yep. up the actors, yep. and you can pick them, you can open their bio yep. right there. That is an incredible tool that is used on the worst fucking player. Yep, and and, <laughs> and, and I know, I've noticed that on a few movies watching with, with like my watching it helps boys. me identify people when I don't, when I'm like, who yeah. the fuck? You just is pause that? it. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, no, I because we I, I was using that when I was watching rewatching the boys. It's excellent. Yeah, you can pause it, and it, like you can get anything you want information wise about who's on screen, and it it's literally it even like, gives you the music that's yeah, playing. It's too. from the still on the screen. It has the background music, and then anyone's face that's captured on screen when you pause it, they'll have like like their IMDb blurbs and stuff on there. It's yeah, it's an incredible feature. Yeah, but that being said, Amazon's stuff yeah, is the overall not, player is fucking trash. <laughs> so I, if you don't mind, I want to talk about Amazon for just one second yeah. because this is one of the this is the one I was supposed to do a little bit of research supposed on. Supposed okay. to do key, uh, key uh, phrase. I, I did some fucking research. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing with Amazon right now is so you know Amazon's taking a lot of heat for making some creative liberties with some stuff recently. Okay. And that, that just is what it is because Netflix took just as much shit about yeah. it for the whole Cleopatra thing. So I'm not, that's not what I'm here to talk about, right? I want to talk about the price of the shows on Amazon for just a minute, okay? Yeah. Because on the backing from we're gonna talk about Rings of Power for just a second, right? Uh-huh. Love it or hate it, I don't care. It's yeah. very very expensive okay so their first season of ring of power cost them just over 300 million dollars okay so i was what 10 episodes so roughly 30 million an episode all right now that's not the most expensive per episode show that i I researched that goes to stranger things because it runs in about 40 fucking million (laughs) dollars which i don't understand (laughs) but um, the other thing is, is Amazon just put out another show called Citadel, which is not getting great ratings right now. I actually started watching because I wanted to see a little bit. Of it, but that clocks in another $200 million for 10 episodes. So not only are they willing. So this is why, you know, we talked earlier when we first come in about why streaming is the way that it is. Look, they have money and they're putting in a streaming. Those two shows alone is half a billion dollars. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You know, 20 years ago, you would have told us, you could have told any movie company, we'll give you half a billion dollars to be like, you funded my my company for 100 years. Yeah, right, yeah. Right? That was for 20 episodes of TV, <laughs> a half a billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're, there, there's caveats to that, but yes. But, but I mean, so that's the thing, right? When it comes to things, and like Netflix isn't shy about spending money to make episodic stuff and their movies. Now, look, remember the movie we talked about, Spiderhead? Okay, with um, Chris Hemsworth, right? Do you guys remember how much money that movie cost? It was expensive. 200 or something like that. Right? Uh, it was $175 million. Okay. okay? There is no C- there is barely any CGI in that movie. Like 90% of that movie is in like four rooms. I don't understand where that money goes, but that's how much money people are just like, how much is the show going to cost for like 200 million? They're like, think we can get that in at 175? Yeah, we can make that work. Sure. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, when when we hear stories of streaming services like Netflix hemorrhaging money, I don't care. I, that's your own dumbass fault, right? Now, a company like Amazon is never going to fully, you know, they'll tell you how much something costs. They'll never tell you how much they lost on it yeah, yeah. because they're a big, giant company. All Netflix does is TV and movies. Yeah. Amazon does like 9,000 other things. Oh, so yeah. they can always bury that lead. But when we get financial numbers like that, I'm always interested to see on 
how much real financial clarity they're going to give us. Yeah. Because Chris was talking about Disney and Hulu and ESPN plus, because they are all technically under the Disney banner. Yep. Right. I wonder how much they inflate those numbers by being well, like because this person has this, they yeah. also have this. So those, those are things is they don't have to be as clear financially as movie theaters do when disclosing budgets. And stuff. True. And, and actually I have a good segue off of that. Uh, if you don't mind, Grayson, no, go ahead. So, so actually like, like I was trying to find out like, so, cause I have their, I have their, their yearly monthly subscribers. Right. So like, for example, Disney Plus, as of this year, at the end of 2022, or no, Q2 of 2023, 157 million subscribers, right? 107, 157 million people. And Is that globally? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then like Hulu has 48 million, and then ESPN Plus has 25 million. Okay? Now, the problem is, is that in... Um, so like Disney Plus is reported to have 40% of its subscribers to, bu- to be bundled subscribers. But this doesn't track with you know with that reported like subscriber that number, number doesn't match because it doesn't match right. Forty percent of people have have all three, and Disney Plus is one hundred and fifty seven million people. Then the minimum that we that we should have out of sixty five ESPN is like sixty million people. Yeah, one of them, one of those two numbers should be either Hulu or Disney Plus should be sixty plus million. Exactly, but that's the reported numbers by Disney. So it's like how much, it, like how you said, how much of that is kind of skewed, you know, like during like earnings calls and all this kind of stuff with their investors. It everything is being estimated by 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 analysts doing their own thing, like uh, on a few like Reddit like subreddits and things like that. It's probably closer to ten percent or our full three stack bundled with okay. Disney plus. Right. So it's, it's more like, like fifth, like the 15 million out of the 25 million people that have mm-hmm. ESPN plus have it because of the Disney bundle. Sure. 10 million of those subscribers are actual, like people that wanted ESPN plus specifically. Mm-hmm. And the number similar for Hulu as well. But Hulu has the live TV market that we talked about. Sure. Which, which actually contributes the most to its financial gain every year. It's year over year numbers is from its live TV subscriptions. Because it's such a large chunk, and it's considered the um the mo- the the best of the three live TV options available for streaming. It is probably the best live TV. Because YouTube TV is comes in a close second, but it is it is second to Hulu for people that like when at when surveyed, why did you subscribe to live uh, to this? And that like Hulu members usually say the live, the live TV service. Um, one one other thing, and I don't want to jump on you real quick is yeah. working from the guy who works for the cable company i would like to note that both youtube tv and hulu live or whatever have gone up exponentially in just the past three years they've had to they are just as expensive now I, i i make jokes a regular cable bundle that will get you the exact same channels as youtube tv cost as much as it does on youtube tv as it does from the cable company yes and not just the cable company that i work for all of all them. Of them. Yep. So, yeah. A uh, funny thing about that, while I was looking at for my numbers for what I was looking for, is that um, Hulu rose its prices recently because it got into uh, it got into a big, a big financial thing with tax issues with um, broadcasting fees. Weird. Weird, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where, like, you know, that was like it's that was like one of Hulu's before it became a conglomerate with Disney. That was like its big selling point was uh, was something like 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 you know like ditch the broadcast fees or all this nope. other stuff. Found out that legally you got to charge those or you got to pay for them yourself. And Hulu said somebody's got to pay for Hulu them. Hulu said, "Huh? Yeah, we're gonna change yeah. that. <laughs> How no. much money is this a year?" <laughs> but yeah. 
What about you, Grayson? What, what about on your end of things? So Netflix. Let's talk about Netflix for one second. It, yeah, I, yeah. I would think many people consider Netflix the king. Whether that's right or not, I don't know. But I think Netflix is the go-to. I mean, they they were a long time the top dog. It's the biggest. Netflix yeah. has is that simple? Two hundred thirty-three million subscribers worldwide. Now that's two thirds of the U.S. If you just isolate that in numbers, that's more than two thirds yeah, yeah. of the U.S. Yep. It, it Netflix generated eight point one six two billion. So eight billion one hundred sixty-two million in revenue the first quarter of twenty twenty-two. So the the entire take for twenty twenty-two, and this is the year that they lost subscribers because of their stupid announcements. Thirty-one point six one billion dollars in revenue. Not that thirty-one point six one billion. That's not profit. That's just that's revenue. Yeah. So, so so yeah. So so just to compare, my the Disney Plus plus Hulu numbers is total eighteen million. Uh, I mean, eighteen billion. So Netflix so, more than doubles that. Crush. Now, however, almost, however, sorry, there, sorry, almost doubles that. There was no source to give for the official number for the ESPN Plus stuff, so I couldn't find out what they made in, in like included in that. So, like maybe round that to a twenty a twenty billion, you know, revenue. That still doesn't come anywhere near that that thir- that thirty plus that you just named off. So I let, bet you that ESPN number swings wildly though, because yeah. they do pay per view for True. athletic events. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So let's go over some interesting statistics. And this one blows my mind. I, I guess when you think about it, not really, but it, it took me off guard the first time I read it. Women make up 51%. Males make up 49 of Netflix users. Okay. Now, I don't know how they're measuring that because, you know, I don't know how they've broken down. When, I've been checking my bill every month. And even though I'm using it and my parents are using it, I've still not been charged more than what I agreed to pay, you know, when I signed up for the Netflix tier. So I, guess, I don't know if they're really enforcing that thing that they, you know, got in a lot of trouble for months ago. Um, another one is, well, well, like what, what about that 41 59 split like stands out to you as like, well, I, I, I would have, I would have thought males would have been the, the higher. So there's more women than males to start with. I can also tell you why though. (laughs) Divorced dads, they don't have Netflix. They don't give a shit. Moms, fair moms have Netflix. Yeah. That's I I wasn't considering. I wasn't considering. And you know, Netflix does have a ton of shows that are not aimed at males. <laughs> They're aimed at, you know, a lot of their like oh, yeah. love soapy stuff is all is purely aimed at females. Well, well the same market that's that some of their the most home. popular. Well, that's what I'm saying is to make is, <laughs> anything same. that has murder mystery stuff, man. That's yeah, that's of course. I mean, demographic. Just like Hallmark, they've they've you know Hallmark blazed the trail for them for like getting to statistics. Yep. Um, I I find a lot of these. Um, interesting, such as Netflix owned eighty percent of the most popular original shows in twenty twenty. Eighty percent of the most popular shows Netflix had. So that's eight out of ten. Most shows popular, popular viewed you by is that by views by views obviously. in the United States okay. in twenty okay. twenty. That includes Tiger King. I believe it. it yeah, yeah, <laughs> Tiger King that, I'm sure well, did a lot. For well, that was well, a monster for a long time. You're talking about since 2020. So, you know, that includes Tiger King. That includes whatever Stranger Things stuff came out within that range. Well, so, yeah. so let's talk just for one second because we probably need to start wrapping up here shortly. Um, just since COVID, though. Yeah. Anybody that had a streaming service made sure their streaming service was better after that right so like you know for a long time like netflix was kind of just it like it was out there by himself and then disney plus came and you know amazon prime video was already there but then like once disney plus hit the market okay and it was a competitive price and disney plus like the price point for disney is still pretty good for the content that you get pretty good yeah 
But I mean, the fact that Netflix right now is like $24, $23 by itself, you know, which is a massive increase over just the last four years. Um, Once Disney Plus and Netflix finally had some real competition, then it like raised the whole setup up. Like if you couldn't have a janky player anymore, you couldn't, you couldn't not have, you had to have a show somebody had to talk about, right? Well, Amazon's still the janky player, but yeah. Uh, True. But (laughs) you know what? Love it or hate it, they brought some real properties out. So that's the thing, right? So every streaming service has had something that has generated significant buzz. Yeah. Right. I mean, Netflix has got plenty of it. You know, like I said, we'll we'll just use rings of power just for, just for an example here, love it or hate it. People were talking about that show. Okay. Yeah. Now, funny thing about that in numbers that I have, did you know that only 41% of the people that started rings of power watched Every episode of Rings of Power. Uh, I watched most of Rings of Power. That's not surprising, and I, though. And I agree. Well, with, and I, I, I'm not shocked at all. Okay, when, and that's fair, right? But yeah. just remember, those people didn't even finish that series and yeah. still talked all that shit about it. So, okay, well, yeah. But okay. I mean, th- that's something to consider. You right? can take that one of two ways, though, because like you know, they could have sh- tapped out. I, I, yeah, I, I know, you know where you're going to go with that, yeah. but that that is something because I don't know how. Like, I've never seen any other like streaming service give that number okay but i think amazon was trying to like leverage it be like well they couldn't really make like an educated because like they didn't even finish the first season which if i'm amazon i let that die but listen i respect the double down (laughs) (laughs) they hard committed this this is the hill i'm gonna die on. they hard committed (laughs) the fans are wrong about this this is the hill we're gonna die on listen somebody's got somebody's (laughs) fighting for their fucking job there okay yeah i respect that but I would love to get real numbers for people that start series mm. or, you know, like Amazon's mo- or excuse me, Netflix, most popular top 10 thing drives me insane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same because there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Right? Well, it's even, you know, we talked and I know Grayson, you brought this up just a couple of weeks ago. If you watch something for two minutes, counts as a view. it counts as a full viewing. And if I'm not mistaken, if you hover over it long enough, it plays for like three minutes. Yep. So Weird. <laughs> I, I don't I don't get that. Well, so you, you talked about like 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 you know, revenue numbers and like like the price of streaming and stuff and mm-hmm. like where it's gone over COVID. I think something that's interesting to like to look at is the fact that like like what do you think like the most like the driving <laughs> factors of these things of like why they keep getting more expensive and how that happens? Some of the numbers that I was able to dug, dig up when I was looking at the Disney stuff is that is that Disney for the first time has lost a significant percentage of, of subscribers to Disney Plus and all of its services, you know, over the last two quarters. First mm-hmm. time it's happened. Yet they've actually reported that they've still made profit in the streaming in the streaming sector because mm-hmm. they just rose the prices of it. Yeah. These companies are never going to take a loss on this stuff when they see not more than once <laughs> when they see that that is trending down, they're going to raise the prices. And, and the reason why that's happening is because of the and we're getting a little bit outside of like streaming stuff specifically and like the politics of or the business stuff. But it's like when you have companies that are built on stakeholders and built on investors and they have to promise continual growth, the only way to do that is when one sector starts failing, they have to make it make money somehow, right? It's got to so be like, profitable. Or it can't be here. Exactly. So, like, so, like, when we say that, when 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 someone says, you know, well, streaming is still is still popular, or streaming is still is still positive, or streaming is still making us money, 
it's not always because it's just good. It's because they're raising prices and Disney just just got rid of uh, laying off 7,000 people within their streaming sector specifically. 7,000. There were 10,000 to begin with. So they've nuked a ton of that. And that is in that same realm, that same vein of, well, if we knock out this 7,000 jobs, how much does that save us in a year? You know, you considered it at, you know, an average salary of, of 100,000 in that sector. Then you've just made almost, almost 100, you know, $1 million back just from laying off, you yep. know, workforce and making people pick up the slack. They're not going to let it fail in the eyes of the business side of things, even though if the quality isn't as good as, as, as it's supposed to be, then et cetera. So, yeah. Well, well, I mean, when, when Netflix has done their raise, they've done it exponentially. Like it hasn't been a dollar. It's been five stuff like that, which is an interesting way to look at it because I think Netflix has to be hitting their cap for how high they can actually push it and get away with it and get away with it. Cause listen, if it hits $30 a month, that's just like absurd, man. <laughs> That's that's, that, that's a, especially especially in this economy, mm-hmm. and, and I, I mean that unironically, right? Because yeah. like everything has gone up in pricing, so it's like yep. you know the justification of someone else raising something is like, well, you know, they all rose their prices, so we have to raise ours now too. Like that, it, it's such a funny thing because it's like no, you, you, like if you're not the leader in this, maybe this is where Netflix kind of gets away with it. Still, is if you're not the leader in that space and you raise your prices too, you make it easier for someone to drop you at that point yep. and eliminate you from, from the equation. Mm-hmm. Netflix is still quote unquote, the big guy, the King. So, but quickly isn't quite as much, you know, as time goes on. Yep. Yeah. But I, I don't think that's a, I don't, I don't think they're going to be King forever. I mean, none, nothing is on top forever. Well, there's, there's already, there are already cracks in the armor. Yeah. Like they, they, for the first one, consecutive quarters posted massive losses which is why the five dollar increase came mm-hmm. so but that's a like, that's, that's that's like a knee-jerk reaction that they shouldn't do and they, and they need to understand that, that well you can only hemorrhage you know a billion plus dollars a quarter for so long before your company folds well okay and let me just i, I want to talk about a, l- a little in, inside baseball which a lot of people yeah. might not might not know about but there's a there's a writer strike happening right now it's not nearly as it hasn't gone as big as people expected it to, and it, and it could still, you know, on my show, it, it, it's 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 been quite a, it's been quite a, a nuisance. But I'm sure on on every production, it's quite a nuisance because there there are legal loopholes that need to be administered, especially with unions. Man, you mm. you you cross a union, you better hope they don't they don't know you did it, or it's going to be trouble. But point is, it's uh, they've been all the streaming all the streaming networks have been operating under the it's it's a it's a uncertain model. But now people that are getting, they're like, no, we're way past that. You guys are established and, you know, billions of dollars a year you make. And now they're going to have to be paying a lot more to these people that work on their stuff, a ton more money because they were, they were operating under one contract. Now they're going to be, now I think this strike is going to soon, whatever the, the limit on the contract was, it's going to be up. And they're going to have to start, the, go ahead. Well, when you, when you say these people working on your stuff. Uh, when you talk about streaming like services and platforms, do you mean like like people like working on movies, or do you mean like, like no, writers yeah. specifically? Well, or like, like... Anyone writing in a creative process, writers, yeah. I, I know are part of it. I know that you know Netflix. Um, I, I know that the streaming services tend to pay a little less than 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 the studios do, like for a weekly salary, and they they used to get away with that because they were quote unquote an uncertain model. But now that they're saying you know people that work for them are like no, this isn't. We want to be paid as you know, anyone working on a Paramount movie, you want to pay the same as you guys are all making a movie. God damn it. What's the prop? What's the difference? And so yeah. 
you might notice a different because I mean they've they've been fighting that for years because they've been enjoying having cheaper labor, but you know they're they're in they're their own benefits and their own con other different contracts, but they've been enjoying that for a while. But that's going to end soon, so that's a little inside baseball. But it's going to be much more expensive for Netflix to keep making you know thousands of things a year. It's going to be so much more expensive once all that goes by the wayside. So well, that's I mean, that's a little inside baseball that you may not not many people know about, but. Well, yeah, but it's just, it, I mean, it, it goes along with the title of, of, of this of this episode, like the state of streaming, you know, like these these streaming platforms are juggernauts already. They're not little, it, like, like they're massive. You know, they literally have hundreds of millions of people, you know, using their platform yep. every single day, you know, a, a, as a collective, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it's not a small thing and it, it's like anything else is, as it gets bigger and like, you know, the business side of it, you know, the, the machine that it is will get away with it for as long as it can until that thing is threatened by either legally or financially. Those are the two things that will impact it in any direction. Right. So we're hitting one of those points now with what you're talking about, Greg, and like with, like, with like what you just brought up. But like it's all impacted by those two things. It's why Netflix had a five dollar hike. It's why all these things are going up in price. But yet, you know, even though they're losing subscriber numbers for the first time ever. They're still profitable and they're still and it's still a positive growth year because that's the goal on the side of things. It's not the quality of the content. It's just that's what that's what the business they're in is content. I would also recommend spending less money for bad movies. Well, but that's I, I mean, mean, we, we didn't get that's into a good any business that. model. <laughs> we, we didn't get into any of that. And I wanted to, but it's just we got into the weeds. But we need to dedicate more time next time to this episode. But there's a lot to talk yeah. about, of course. But I mean, well, w- one thing I do I did want to talk about is. And you guys say that some, you know, we, we, we talk about different, different companies and did their different studios and how mm-hmm. one movie might not care about another movie's performance. And I, and I understand that, but you, you cannot really believe that these streaming companies, if they, if they could hit the button of destroy the other companies, they would do it. They're absolutely. It's, 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 it's a game they have to play with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's my point of when the, like, the theater surviving was not something that Netflix certain planned. I, I can promise you this, well, no, but, but they did. And they're actually starting to thrive again. So it's another wrench in the plan of how do we get rid of them again is now. I, I don't know how that's going to go, but it doesn't, I, these things cannot coexist forever. I think the thing that the streaming platforms have to think isn't how do we get rid of them again? It's, 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 it's what do we offer? That's, that's different. I think that's what it is. I, I think the last thing I'd like to ask you guys before we wrap this up, because it is an interesting topic, is what do you guys think of the good movie to bad movie ratio on these platforms? Like, like, why do you think that it's able to exist in the way that it does? Because in the like in in any other industry, in any other in any other thing out there besides the movie industry, is if you make more of a bad product than a good product. You don't have a business for long. So uh, I'll, I'll field that first, but I want to ask one question just to clarify. Are we talking about a specific platform or overall? All of them. Because, okay. Because we know Netflix is the most egregious one, but they all have it. So that's true. But just because of Netflix amount of bad they put out to good, it's going to skew the whole thing. Now, I will say I will say Netflix is probably the primary offender of bad to good, right? Listen, they do have some very, very good stuff. Most of their stuff is absolutely bad. Um, I do want to say one thing about Apple for one second, though. Um, now, Apple doesn't do a lot of, or have yet to do a lot of movies. Now, they're they're picking up steam with it, though. A lot more coming out. 
the one thing is though is every time we've done an apple tv movie that we have talked about here on our show they tend to perform better than the average than most like i think that they are a little bit more selective with one who they cast to the stories that they choose and how they market stuff right like they don't seem to just be throwing money into stuff just to make a movie where yeah. where Netflix, I get the feeling is, hey, we got a script. We got a handful of people ready to go. Let's get this fucking trains on the tracks, baby. Let's go. Um, now, Apple has its own problems, though. Well, they do. They, they certainly do. I still can't watch Apple on this. You know what Which I mean? Is Which is stupid. It seems like a dumbass well, thing. But I think the quality of the movie, though, overall, they, they are they are higher up the chain than just about everybody I else with that. that. Um, but it's still probably 95 to five. Yeah. <laughs> Bad yeah. to good. <laughs> By you, Grayson, what do you think of that? It's well, if, if you're, if Netflix is in the equation, then the bad, to, the, like the, I said, it skews oh, everything. Yeah, it's, it does, Netflix skews everything, but I mean, it's also, <laughs> but Chris, I think your question was, how do they get away with it? It's, well, be- it's, it's because it's, the average person doesn't care. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just a weird anomaly in this, in, in this specific business of not even just through stream, but Hollywood does this too. They, we, we watch a lot of bad movies, right? True. You know what I mean? But it's like, how, how come in this industry you can make bad products and still be in business? Whereas anywhere else you wouldn't have a business anymore. Okay. I'll say one thing about this and then it's probably time for us to end this show. I, I, I do want to say after you're done, Roger, I do want to say something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. Netflix doesn't care. Yeah. Because here's the thing. They made it with their money on their platform. And if it got watched for 100 million minutes, good for us. Hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not too far from the truth, but because they've they've stopped putting... Look, we talk about... How many Netflix movies we talked about this year already? Uh, dozens. And mm-hmm. for the most part, they're bad. Look at Ghosted. <laughs> You had two of the finest young actors in the business, and the movie so that was still, a flop for Apple. And it's, yeah. it's still their first one in a while. It's still abysmal. Point is, I just don't think they care to correct it because now, Chris. Now I, I know you may not agree with this, but Chupa came out the same weekend that Mario did. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that the, the, the two are comparable or measurable, but they're both kids' movies. Now I'll bet you that there were at least some families. I don't know how many, but at least some that. You know, the parents are like, God, I'm really busy. If you, I know you guys want to watch, can you just watch Chupa instead? Like, they definitely went and watched Chupa instead of Mario for whatever reason. But I bet you that Netflix, that's all they wanted to do was cut into Mario's. They, they didn't care how. They just wanted to cut into it. But that's the that's what you can do as the king. What I would do as Netflix, I would know. I would do exactly what they're doing because they're winning. <laughs> and do they're, it cheaper. And there's do it cheaper. And do it, I mean, the average person... Do they care about the quality of a movie? They care about one thing. Were they entertained? That's it. That's the only question they ask. That's it. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. yeah, You're not entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Maximus. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how we all thought that. Same thing. But it's that's all they 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 don't they equate their enjoyment of the movie with what it actually was quality wise, and that's a problem that's never ever ever been addressed. Ever. It's never going to be addressed in all of human history and art. It's never going to be addressed because you can't address it. Who's going to enforce it? Nobody. I would like to enforce it yeah, and me, address it. Me too, but kidding. we can't. That's the whole thing is like we can't. I can. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but I mean, you, 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 you can't enforce that, unfortunately. And the streaming services are winning based on their have a better model because you don't have to leave your house to watch something. 
and, and, and if you're not like us, like a movie person, like I am excited to watch every new theatrical release. And I have a third, I have a specific reason for all of them because I've seen all these movies leading up to everything. Most people aren't me. 99 out of a hundred people aren't me. Aren't you aren't Chris aren't Roger aren't any of us who watch a ton of movies. They're yeah, just, we're on the other side of the coin. They're, they're yeah. just, they're just not. And they, and, and they don't care. That's the issue. That's always been my issue is that's why they're going to win eventually. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things where eventually the model will change and it'll become something else. I don't want one, one last thing I'll say, then we can move, then we can move to, you know, end this conversation. But I really do hope theaters evolve. I, whatever that evolution looks like, if, if it's, Hey, you know, from AMC says, try it for six months, anywhere, in, anywhere in the U, anywhere in the U S $10 gets you a movie ticket, a small drink and a small popcorn. That's it. That that's the stick. That's what they're going to do. It's different is they offer you a cold beverage with ice that you can't get from your house, a fountain that you probably can't get from your house and hot pot popcorn out of a real kettle, which you probably cannot get from your house. That is their stick, but they're never going to do that because they're never going to let the profit margin fall, but they will die because they will not do that. Now, d- d- does that seem unreasonable to you? $10 for a movie ticket. You, you, you get a ticket, you get a small popcorn, small drink. Is that unreasonable? No, but I still gotta like you know leave my house and shit. Whereas you know if I pay Hulu ten bucks a month, I have all the movies I want to. So in my in my underwear. So we've established that it's a fine theory, but now we're haggling over price. We're haggling well, over it's like, convenience. It's I think it's convenience, and also it's just it's 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 the fact that the movie theater like you know it it's how important is that popcorn to you compared to you know. Not having to spend gas, time, energy, resources to go and see the film. Because, again, you're getting, like Rogers stated plenty of times, you're getting better and better experiences at home because of the way technology is improving. You know, you can put on a VR headset and watch a whole goddamn movie on VR. True. You know what I mean? And like, that's an true. 8K, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's like, you know, like the game is changing and movie theaters aren't. You know, you know, they're getting nicer theaters and they're getting better seats, but like we also raise the prices to get there and they do that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're not you're not changing the game. Technology's changing the game around you. Yeah. And you're trying to that's the whole you're thing. trying to act like you still have the best technology around. And yeah, you, I mean, that's someone like thing. Roger has Dolby Atmos 8.0 in his house. That's like the biggest call that AMC has is the fact that they're big D screen. And then it's got the big word Dolby Atmos underneath of it. You can have Dolby Atmos in your goddamn headphones now. But to me, it's always been it's always been, you know, it's always been for me because I'm I, I always I couldn't really wrap my head around this when I was younger because it was always so simple for me. It's, you know, I, I, I want to watch that movie. So I'm going to go to theater and watch it. I'm not going to wait for yeah. it. I want to see it in the prime viewing. You know, one of those things where like, you know, like, like, you know, you say it's unless I want to be on the cutting edge of the conversation. You know, I don't need to see it right when it comes out. And if someone that wants to be on the cutting edge of the conversation, that's a selfish reason to see a film. You know what I mean? But it's it's all it's all based around that anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Well, it, I mean, it, yeah, it, you, you you can approach any of these any of these reasons for any diff- for any number of different approaches, but mm-hmm. it's always been like that. But uh, but I've always been a movie guy, so like that you know conversation when I worked at Carmike when I was sixteen, my manager had to be like. I want you to answer people's questions when I ask your opinion about a movie, but I don't want you to, ins- I don't want you to assault them with what you think. <laughs> and I, I really had to work on that when I was 16. Cause it's always been that simple. Do you want to watch top gun on the big D or do you want to see it on your tiny ass TV with awful sound? It's up with hey, Roger. Go ahead. How tiny is your tiny ass TV? 80. 
that's not f- how big is a movie theater screen. I mean, it's in relative to how far I sit away from it. Oh, fair, but I mean, but the movie theater mm. screen does have measurements. It just matters well, yeah. where you sit in your living room too. But I mean, that's also the thing is, do you want? I mean, do you want to see it in optimal viewing or don't you? It's just that simple. Now, Dune, I take it you guys are both going to watch in some kind of premium auditorium in a in a, in a theater house, right? I'd like to because the option's available to me. But if I didn't have the option available to me, I would be fine watching it at home. Okay. But then I mean, um, that's the difference. But then a movie like Ghosted, you're probably okay watching that at home. The short version is I will always prefer the movie theater experience. Agreed. Always prefer it. I won't always choose it and I won't always have the ability to do it, yeah. but I would prefer it. Which is which is exactly why streaming is successful. Is because while it's you wanna have the movie theater experience Sometimes you just can't, yep. or sometimes you just don't have the time. The convenience and I, and, is, and, and I wins. get that, and I get that, yeah. and I've recently only in the past ten years put that into my thinking because I, I, <laughs> I, I, I get that people are busy. I hear you. All right, we should definitely wrap this up. But yep. yeah, Close but I, I, I love this conversation. I've always loved talking about it's a good one. Uh, theatrical releases versus streaming, but I, I do think there's something there, and I do think theatrical releases are still seeing a better financial gain, however it's measured in streaming than streaming is. I do believe that, especially now that like Asia has massively opened up and much of the not first world now has theaters. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be, hopefully the theaters change. Someone recognized it it somewhere and said, we have to change. if We're going to survive. Here's what we're going to do. I heard this guy. I I heard this idiot on on a podcast once say, ten dollars, you get a free, (laughs) you get a ticket, a small popcorn, (laughs) a small drink. Let's do it. Let's see if it works. You know, it's just one of those things. You either want to fill the seats or you don't. You figure out a way to survive or you won't. It's just that simple to me. Any any final thoughts, gentlemen? I was going to say word. <laughs> Fiend. Fiend. It's just one of those things where, you know, it, it, it the business models will carry the way that things develop. And we'll see, you know, how much money goes where and where that money will take us. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I just one. I want to do another one of these maybe six months from now just to see where things are. But yeah. I, I always, I always enjoy these kind of conversations because it's it's purely speculative and it's purely like what's going to happen. We only we only know what's in front of us. So that was an interesting conversation, boys. Thank you for all the statistics, Chris and Roger. I appreciate those. Put some perspective mm-hmm. for our listeners. Told you I did some homework. There you go. <laughs> All right, this has been episode three hundred and thirty B of Fourth Love of Cinema, a movie <laughs> podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I am Christopher Bourne. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and other social media sites. Always posting cool stories there. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at the movie Hypnotic and The Mother on Netflix. Knights of the Zodiac. Nah, it didn't, didn't make the cut.